0: Joyed with jesus he is so magnificent i praise his name my heart is overflowing with love and joy because of him he is everything my heart desires i praise the name of jesus today i lift him up i lift him up i praise and worship him Oh, today, you're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Pilgrim would have been dancing with that music before the Lord. It is an ode to joy, to Jesus. I praise his name. Nothing is impossible for our Lord and our Savior my family had a tradition we would always gather around a christmas tree on christmas eve one christmas and by the way my father did not want a christmas tree he said it was a pagan holiday but my mother always insisted on a tree That year, we didn't have very much money, and there were no packages under the tree. It was barren. We had a tree that we'd brought in from outside. We had fashioned a stand for it and it stood there almost naked and mother called us to dinner and there we had the normal the normal meal for our family potatoes two or three kinds of beans some corn all from our garden and all that we had canned and prepared for the winter dad's homemade bread with peanut butter and jelly and we had our our christmas eve dinner and then after after dinner we went in and sat in the living room and there was a knock on the door And dad went and opened the door. Who could that be on Christmas Eve? And it was Pastor Carnes, the pastor of our church. And he said to dad, who was the head elder, Matt, my wife and I are old and we don't need to celebrate tonight, but you and your family do. So we have brought our Christmas to you. And in they came with a beautiful village, a a white snow that they put down around the tree, and then a village with lights on, on that, the village of Bethlehem. And then they began to bring in dishes of food for Christmas dinner. And they brought in packages, wrapped beautifully with bright bows and, and bright wrapping paper. We were utterly astonished. <laughs> we prayed together and they made their way home. And with great wonder and joy and awe. Dad took down his Bible and he read for us the scripture that I too, when I had my girls at home, two precious daughters, I would always have my Bible. They would bring it to me and before any gifts could be opened, this is what we read. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea in Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and earth, peace to men, on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, that the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, "'who was lying in the manger. "'And when they'd seen him, "'they spread the word concerning what what they'd been told about this child, "'and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. "'But Mary treasured up all these things "'and pondered them in her heart. "'The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God "'for all the things that they had heard and seen.' which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. The Christmas Story The Story of Jesus' Birth What joyous news! that jesus was born <laughs> that jesus came from heaven the creator god the king of majesty he came <laughs> i can almost imagine it now the angels are all watching with great wonder because they know something has happened with the king of kings and the lord of lords They're very attuned to his his spirit. And they watch as he moves and makes his way to the portal that opens from the spirit realm into the material realm. I don't know where that portal is. It's somewhere in the heavens. But the king of glory makes his way to that portal. And suddenly, in a flash... He's gone. And the angels, they're accustomed to Jesus on occasion, going down to the earth and speaking with Moses, with Abraham, with others. But what is it this time? It slowly dawns on the angels with great wonder and excitement that this time Jesus has not gone down to speak with a prophet. He's not gone down to lead his people out of Egypt. With wonder and amazement, they watch as the Holy Spirit places Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, as a baby, as an infant, into a mama's womb. Astonishing! Their Lord, their master, has lowered himself to the womb of a woman. They watch and wonder, And on that night when he is born, they cannot contain themselves. They know who this is. He is their Lord, their master, their king. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is their creator. But now he has been born as a lowly baby from a human womb. Powerless? Totally dependent on this mother to nurse him. To wipe his bottom. They could never have imagined anything like this. This is beyond the wildest imagination of the greatest angels of heaven. Such love. They've never seen such abounding love. Jesus has gone. To be born of a woman, that he could win his bride back and make a way for her to escape from the devil's power. The devil has kept her captive. They have watched the battle as it has raged back and forth between the power of light and the power of darkness. They've watched as this battle has been engaged, and now they're terrified for Jesus because. He doesn't have any power. And how will Satan deal with him? The angels of darkness are also absolutely astonished. They can't believe that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords would become a baby. This is impossible. No, it can't be true. In the midst of all of this wonderful wonderful activity no one bows and worships the king of kings and the lord of lords and they're amazed Mary and Joseph moved to a house they're no longer in the cave they're no longer with the cattle and the donkeys and the goats and the sheep they're now in a house No doubt Joseph is working or looking for work so he can support his wife and his new baby. We're told that he has no union with his wife until this child is born, until this baby comes. And when he came, he named him Jesus. The name meaning... He would save his people from their sin. Meaning literally he would lift the sin up off of his people and set them free to worship and serve in righteousness, in innocence, in glory before the Father. Now, after Jesus is born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of the wicked King Herod, Suddenly, magi or wise men or astrologers from the east come to Jerusalem and they go to the king and they ask him, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and we've come to worship him. It was like a bomb had been set off in Jerusalem. What do you mean? A king of the Jews has been born? Where? How did this happen? King Herod was desperately angry and disturbed, and all of Jerusalem was upset, buzzing with excitement. How is this possible? The Messiah has been born? called all the people together, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law. And King Herod asked them where the Christ, where the Messiah, was to be born. He answered, The chief priest, In Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. Micah wrote, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Now let me stop in this story and tell you what is most astonishing to me it is most astonishing to me first that god would come as a baby and be born to a to a maiden as a virgin <laughs> that he would break into human history in such a manner that he would live human history Always before in the past, when Jesus came and broke into history, it was to speak to a prophet or to a king or to a judge. And then he was gone. But now he's come to abide with his people. He's come to live with us. He's come to join himself together with us in all of the pain and anguish, all of the joyous celebrations. He's come to be one with us. Jesus, one with his people. Now I know (laughs) we hear this story. But please, my brother, my sister, This is more than a story. This is not about Santa Claus living in the North Pole. That's all a myth, a a legend. It's not true. There is no Santa Claus. It's a lie. But there is Jesus. And he is real. And he came and demonstrated beyond the shadow of a doubt his compassion and his love to you and to me. Now, I want you to expand your mind for a moment with me, please. If Jesus could come and crash through from the spirit realm into the material realm and become a baby and dwell in flesh among us, is there anything too hard for him today to come and crash once more out of the physical out of the out of the spirit realm into the material realm and interfere and change your history to change you to heal you to restore you to make you righteous Oh, we have in our American culture belittled the Savior when we say he cannot deliver us now from our sin. Is sin that powerful? Of course not. He did not come to cause us to continue to be molested by the devil. He did not come to cover over our pain and our anguish, and say, you must always continue to walk in sin. It's impossible for you to be free from sin until you die. When you die, you are fixed forever in that place where you die, your last day on earth and your first day. After you come back to life, after your death, you will be the same person, crystallized forever, either in righteousness or in sin. either for heaven or for hell. Jesus came and burst through from the spirit realm into the material realm because it was his intention to set us free from all sin. I read that passage for you yesterday, but I I think I need to read it again. It is such astonishing news. Yes, here it is. Hmm. I'm going to read several. 1 Peter, the first chapter. Verse 13, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. He's coming back. He's coming back for you and me. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. If we couldn't do that, why would he say it? But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. He's saying, be like me, be holy, be set apart from the devil, be set apart from wickedness, be set apart for me Jesus wants you and me oh, I can't tell you the joy of my heart when I realize in the depths of my soul Jesus wants me Jesus wants you we're wanted we're not cast aside and deserted and left to die in our sin we're wanted by Jesus now listen Now that you've been purified, now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. This is the word that was preached to you. Oh, I'm preaching to you an honest word straight from the Scripture. Love one another. Do whatever you have to do. Forgive whomever you have to forgive stop cutting and running stop separating love one another love one another that's the message that jesus came to bear to his people i love you my people love one another be cleansed by my blood be washed by my blood be made clean come and let me enter into you let us become one together He went into Mary's womb. And there he was born. And he says, now love one another. Rid yourselves of all malice, of all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. He's saying, come, grow up. (laughs) Now I want to read another scripture to you. It's forever burned in my mind and my heart. It rings in my heart. I want it to ring in your heart it's like a bell like a, a a beautiful christmas bell sounding in my heart in my ears in my heart and life first peter second chapter verse 24 he himself bore our sins that is he himself carried the burden of our wickedness of our sin in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus came as a baby in a manger so that you could be set free of your sin. (laughs) Please, please don't die in your sin. Jesus loves you. He's borne your sin already on his body to make preparation for you that you would not have to die. But you must die to your sins. You see, he's the shepherd and overseer of our souls. And we're going to make a transit Remember at the beginning I said Jesus stood at that portal? We're going to make a transit. We're going to leave behind this material world and we're going to, in the spirit realm, burst through into heaven with shouts of acclamation and joy because he has saved us from destruction. And this world is going to burn And everything of it is going to be destroyed. And he is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And you can be a part of that. I can't think of anything more exciting. Oh, but back to our story. (laughs) These wise men are constantly studying the heavens. They believe that important events on earth are foretold in the stars. This is paganism, probably Zoroastrianism, but we don't know. I won't go beyond what the Bible's actually saying. We don't know how many wise men there were. The tradition always says three because there were three wonderful gifts, but we don't know that. There could have been six. They may have each brought gifts alike. We don't know that they rode camels. There's nowhere in Scripture to tell us that. In fact, from the East, these Magi probably rode Arabian steeds, not camels. But again, we don't know. So we've made up traditions that are just that. They're not in Scripture. I want to take just what's in Scripture, and I want to show you the glory of what's in the Word of God. It says, we saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. Literally, in the east means we saw his star when it rose. We don't know what time of night it was. But suddenly they saw a star that they'd never seen in the heavens before. Now, some people say it was the North Star, but those are foolish people who don't believe that Jesus can come into the physical realm. But he demonstrated that he could when he was born in Bethlehem. Is it such a stretch to believe that an angel was stationed in the heavens, glowing with all of the glory of heaven, And they saw it as a star. In a number of different places in the scripture, both Old and New Testament, stars are often referred to as angels or angels as stars. Now, they saw that star when it rose. And they believed that that star indicated that this was a king and they came to pay him homage the word to worship is also the word homage that is to reverence to bow down before King Herod when he heard this news felt immediately threatened the Jews were going to have a king and would that mean a civil war would that mean a war with Rome What would that mean? He could not abide that thought of having someone compete with him for power and glory. (laughs) Had he only known, had he only known, he could not even begin to compete with this king. He asked them, where is the Christ to be born? Where is the Messiah born? The Messiah was the hope of all of Israel. They had been waiting 400 years since Malachi for the coming of Messiah. And the word comes that he's to be born in Bethlehem. Micah said he would be the shepherd of his people Israel. So Herod called the Magi in secret. And he asked them at exactly what time the star had appeared. And then he said, now go to Bethlehem. Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him also. (laughs) We live in a realm of pure undivided wickedness. We do not live on neutral ground. We live in a war zone, and there are casualties in this war zone. Jesus' disciples, with the exception of John, all died martyrs' deaths. Peter, crucified upside down, with his wife crucified beside him. Bartholomew, probably died in India, we don't know for certain. James was beheaded by King Herod. They died martyrs' deaths. This is an extremely wicked world we live in. And today in China, even as we're now speaking, precious men and women and children are being beaten, tortured, imprisoned, killed, murdered, martyred. Saudi Arabia, Christians are beheaded, whipped and beaten. Will you choose Allah or will you choose your God, Jesus? Let's make no mistake about it. Allah is not the God of heaven and earth. Allah is a Mesopotamian God. He is not the king of kings. The king of glory would never do what he has done through Islam. In the murdering of people, Jesus did not come to kill people. He came to save people. Oh, Jesus is awesome. (laughs) After they'd heard What the king had to say, they went on their way. We're not sure what their discussion was. I suspect it was something like, Do you think King Herod really wants to come and worship this king? They were wise men. Of course they didn't think that. (laughs) The star that they had seen in the east once more rose that night. And it traveled with them. It went ahead of them. Until finally that star. Stopped over the house. Where Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. Were living. They were overjoyed when they saw that star. They knew they were on the right track. They knew they were coming to the king of kings, for they had never seen the star of a king before. Most kings, all kings, came and went, and there was no star in the heavens. They knew this was a very unusual king. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And I tell you today, I too am overjoyed because Jesus has stepped into my life and rescued me time after time. He has changed my heart. He has restored me to himself, and he's now come and dwells in me and has anointed me with his Holy Spirit to speak this word to your heart. I have been born by the Spirit from above, in the spirit realm and Jesus has come and made his home in me and now I have the privilege of coming and speaking his word to you begging that you too be overjoyed at this word that you turn your heart to Jesus as they knocked on the door of that house there was the child with his mother Mary. And they immediately bowed down and touched their foreheads to the ground, and they worshipped him. It's strange to me that the chief priests, the rulers of Israel, did not make their way with the wise men. It should have been a whole procession from Jerusalem but it was not. The chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, they were all threatened by the thought of this Messiah coming because he would upset everything they had with Rome. He would change things. They were happy with the way their cash flow was from Rome, from the tin mines that they ran and from the other businesses they had. They were happy with their rituals. Many today in church would be equally upset if Jesus came to their church because it would be an upsetting experience, and Jesus would change everything. And so they bowed down and they worshipped this newborn king alone, without the high priest. In fact, they were the first ones, pagans, pagans were the first ones to come and bow down before Jesus and worship him. There's no record of Mary or Martha bowing down and worshiping their son. There's no record of, of anyone else. Anna recognized him. Another holy man recognized him, and they spoke words of prophecy over him, but they did not bow down to the ground and worship him. I really like that it was the pagans who first came and worshiped our Savior. And now I am a pagan transformed into a son of the living God, and I bow down with my head touching the floor, And I worship him. I worship Jesus. He is my all and all. I care not for money or fame or power. I care only to bow at the feet of my Master. (laughs) Then they began to unwrap their treasures. I'm sure Joseph and Mary were stunned. I'm sure money was very tight. What little work Joseph could get was barely keeping them alive. And suddenly these wise men, dressed in ornate robes, wealthy, powerful, beautiful, they come presenting gifts to the Christ child. Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, much has been made in the Christian church of the gold and the incense or the frankincense and the myrrh. I can't do any of that because it goes beyond the scriptures. I will not go beyond what the scriptures say. But one thing is certain. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh were all of great value and could be sold for large sums of money. After they present their gifts to the king of kings, And the Lord of Lords. They were warned in a dream. Do not go back to King Herod. So they made their way back to their country. Bypassing Jerusalem. They went another way. And when they had gone. An angel of the Lord. Appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Now, notice the timing. The timing of heaven is always the correct timing. He did not tell them, get up and go, because Herod is going to seek. The life of this child until first they had been given the provision for the trip they had the gold the frankincense and the myrrh to sell in egypt where the best price would be gotten now it's get up i've talked to you about this in the past joseph is such a sterling character such a sterling man of god His whole life has been disrupted by this little baby. First coming as an illegitimate child and and he's going to divorce his sweetheart because he doesn't want to shame her. And the Holy Spirit comes with an angel and says, No, take her as your wife. That child is from the Holy Spirit. That took great courage on Joseph's part because everyone shamed him the father of an illegitimate child. Why didn't he put his wife away? Hmm. He doesn't. He then takes her and goes to Bethlehem for the taxing, the taking of his money by this cruel dictator in Rome. And now the child is born in utter poverty, They are given gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And now they're told, Get up in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Take the child. Go down through the Negev. Make your way through the desert. Make your way to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So now they know their child is in great danger. And with fear and trembling, they quickly pack their few belongings. They move out of the house. And they go directly to Egypt. Probably one of the first things they did when arriving is sell their frankincense and their myrrh. He got up, it says. He took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. He did not hesitate. He knew this child's life was at stake. Can you even begin to comprehend? I can't. That God would put his life in the hands of a humble carpenter and of a young bride and they would carry him out of Israel and go to Egypt. Astonishing. Could you imagine yourself being responsible for holding this baby in your arms and nursing him at your breast, changing his diapers, bathing him, cooing to him, quieting his heart? He got up and he took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. And he stayed there until he heard about the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord said to the prophet out of Egypt. I called my son, Hosea 11, 11 1. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. He was livid. And he immediately gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its entire vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. And then what was said to the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Can You see those soldiers riding in. Grabbing babies, piercing them with swords, dashing them against the wall, killing them and throwing their bodies aside. Such unutterable wickedness and cruelty. The voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Jeremiah 31:15 Now it's fitting that the next sentence in the scripture is "Herod died. I wouldn't want to face the hell that man is now facing. An angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, "Get up, take the child and his mother." And go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up. He took the child and his mother. And he went to the land of Israel. He withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in the town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what the prophet had said. He will be called a Nazarene. Oh, that's the story. Jesus can come and break through in your life and do incredible things. I want to tell you something that's just happened. Last night, I went to the Bistro Hermitage for dinner. They are precious friends of mine, the owner and his wife, He gave me three gift certificates. And if you're listening next Tuesday on Christmas Eve, I'm going to give at least two of these certificates. I'll give one before, but I'll have two left for Tuesday. These gift certificates are for a $100 gift to eat at the Bistro Hermitage in Woodbridge, Virginia. It is a a five-star restaurant. It is recognized as one of the most beautiful and romantic restaurants in all of Washington, D.C. People come from all over to come and eat here, and he gave them to me free of charge. He said to me, The people who listen to your broadcast are such good people and they give so generously to keep the broadcast on the air. I want to give you a gift to give as a symbol of your love from them and my love for you. I said, thank you, Yusuf. You have warmed my heart i had no money to get gifts for those precious people who listen instead i need to go and ask them if they will once more give gifts to jesus to pay for december he said no you give them the gift of these gift certificates so you be listening on tuesday and the two people who call when i invite you to call they will receive these two precious gifts of a free meal at Bistro Le Hermitage in Woodbridge, Virginia. Now we're almost out of time. Would you give to Jesus today? Would you encourage my heart with your gifts for this radio broadcast? Would you go right now online? And would you give? We have only about $500 so far toward December's radio bill, and it will be close to $4,000. I'm standing by faith. One person who always gave a very large offering has, has not been able to give this month because his wife lost her job. I need to hear from you. Go to National Prayer Chapel, Dot com, give online, or write to me, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. My dear brothers and sisters, I love you. I pray that your heart today is rejoicing and overjoyed with Jesus. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.